It's that time again. It's Greek for the week. I'm Chris Palmer. Let's open our Bibles and get right down to the original language, the Greek. God bless you. It is the Greek for the Week podcast. Who is Jesus? This is one of the most important questions of all time. Actually, you know what? This is the most important question of all time. How you answer this is determines heaven or hell. Who is Jesus? Everybody has to make, everybody who hears about Christ, who hears the gospel, ultimately has to make a decision about who they who they believe Jesus is. And this is what the whole New Testament is about. This is This is what it's all about. Now, I know that we get into a lot of in, in the New Testament, we're trying to find God's plan of success and uh, ways that we can apply godly wisdom to make our lives more successful. And that's great stuff from God's Word, okay? But ultimately, ultimately, the Bible is about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, and who He is to us. He's God's revelation to us. He's God, and He's God's revelation to us as the Savior of the world, the Savior of mankind. We have to make a decision about Jesus. And I pray that the Holy Spirit leads you and prompts your heart, opens the eyes of your understanding to see that Jesus is, he's in fact Messiah and the one to deliver us. Now, um, I'm not the only one that that seeks to give you the answer to this question. This is what the whole entire book of Mark is about. The book of Mark seeks to answer for us who is Jesus. So when Mark is writing, okay, his gospel, he's going to use all of the stories that we find in Christ, uh, in the gospel, to deliver to us an answer of who is Jesus. That's interesting. But, and, and we know from the book of Mark, from studying this before, that this was the first gospel written. All the other gospels, minus John, the other synaptic gospels, okay, uh, Luke and Matthew, they come from Mark, uh, a variation of Mark, in a different way, written to different, different, uh, a different gang, a different kind of folks, um, come from Mark. Okay, so, now, remember I've talked about irony that we find in the book of Mark, strange things in the book of Mark, uh, things that attest to the brilliance and allude to the brilliance that's in God's Word. And right from, what I like about Mark is right from the beginning we have this bang, and it's just miracles, and Christ doing supernatural things, and it just really starts off with a burst of power. And, and, and let's just read this slowly so that we can see what's being given to us. Okay, so if we, so here I am reading the ESV, we'll notice that the titles that have been inserted in there for, to help us are, you know, as we get there, we see the baptism of Jesus, we see the temptation of Jesus, we see in verse number 14 that Jesus begins his ministry, uh, 16, Jesus calls his disciples, and after he calls his disciples, the very first thing that Jesus is going to do is he's going to deliver a man that has an unclean, an unclean spirit. Jesus always dealt with the demonic. And I believe as followers of Jesus, we have to prepare ourselves by the power of the Holy Spirit to deal with things that are demonic, demonic things, demonic spirits. Uh, you may be a preacher. You should be filled with the Spirit so you can cast out devils, deliver people. You know, a lot of the problems that we have in the world today are because of unclean spirits. And I have a book I wrote on deliverance. You can find it on Amazon about that. Um, we don't go overboard with it, but we certainly acknowledge it. And I've dealt with demonic spirits before and cast devils out of people. And uh, I do it every single day. But uh, USA is not a country where you probably would do it every day. But you get into some countries where there's a lot of idolatry and witchcraft. You're going to be doing it more frequently. Uh, or maybe even an area of the U.S. where uh, there were some pastors I met out west, and they had told me that when they began their ministry, they came into an area that was full of new age and wickedness and devil worship, and people were coming to the service all the time. They were possessed, um, and they were casting out devils quite frequently. So the, the minister of the gospel 
the, uh, the evangelist of God needs to be prepared to deal with unclean spirits because they cause a lot of sin and destruction. But that's neither the point of this episode. I just make footnote of it. Mark chapter, uh, so we're in Mark chapter, uh, Mark chapter 1, verse number 21. It says here, And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue, and he was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. Verse 23, And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. Okay? Uh, and he cried out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. Now, here is the Greek that we're going to look at. It says here, Hohagios to Theu, or the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. So they're trying to figure out who is this new rabbi that's come into the synagogue and has begun to teach. And <laughs> one of the very first self-proclamations of who Christ is doesn't come from the disciples, doesn't come from uh, the Pharisees. One of the first confessions of who Jesus is in the book of Mark comes from, actually here, an unclean spirit. Now, we had just prior to this seen that uh, the voice of God came uh, during the baptism of Jesus and said that Jesus is God's beloved Son in whom he is well pleased. So we see one admission, okay, to who Jesus is. And prior to that, we see Mark's admission to who Jesus is, the beginning of the gospel of Christ, the Son of God. So Mark attests that Jesus is the Son of God. And then we see John attesting that Jesus is the Son of God during the baptism of Jesus. Okay? And then we see then we see God attesting that he's the Son of God. And then we all of a sudden here uh, see that there is this unclean spirit attesting that Jesus is the Holy One of God. Now, it's okay for people to suggest sometimes that maybe this refers to the holiness of Jesus. But here's the thing about it. Let's just take a sports illustration. If I were to, if, if you were to meet LeBron James at the mall, you're walking through the mall, you're at Auntie Annie's eating a pretzel, and here comes LeBron James, and, and you see him, you say, hey, you're LeBron James. Uh, yeah, I'm LeBron James. And you say, you know, you're a good basketball player. That actually might be more of an insult to him than, than anything because the fact that LeBron James is a good basketball player goes without saying. I mean, you might say that you're, you're, he's your favorite or anything else, but if you have LeBron James in basketball associated with one of these, I don't know, three-time champion, nine times, ten times he's been to the finals, MVP, just, just surpassed Michael Jordan in the scoring, uh, the scoring leaders. To say that he's good might be an insult because that goes without saying. To say that Jesus is without sin, to say that God is without sin, kind of goes without saying, may not be taken uh, even as a compliment or even as worthy of worship, um, but it actually means something more than more th more than this. And so that's why Greek's important because we could go back to the Alexax or the Septuagint. Now, the Septuagint is the Greek version of the New Testament. Uh, excuse me, the Greek version of the Old Testament, 
when the Old Testament is translated from Hebrew into Greek, LXX, done by 70 translators, uh, this is what the Apostle Paul would have had. And at that time, Jesus would have had it as well. They would have all been familiar with the Septuagint. Uh, this is a phrase that comes from the Greek version of the Hebrew Bible that was around during Jesus' day. And we see that this term, hoagios to theu, is only used three times in referring to three people from the Septuagint, and that is Aaron, you see this in Psalm 106.16, Samson, Judges 16.17, as well as Elisha. So here we have the high priest, we hear a deliverer of God, and we have Elisha who is a miracle worker. So these are specific individuals that were called people that were the holy ones of God, okay, in reference to Aaron, who was a high priest, Samson, who was a deliverer, and Elisha, who was a prophet of God. These were people that were appointed, these were people by God, they were protected by God, and they were empowered by God to destroy the usurpers of God's people. They were used to rescue God's people, and they were used to enact okay, the blessings of God upon God's people of covenant. So it may not be familiar to your ears to hear Holy One of God, but if you were at the, in the synagogue at that time, now he's in the synagogue. He would have been surrounded by people that were Jewish leaders, people that would have been very familiar with the Jewish scriptures. And in hearing this, there would have been a correlation that was made between Jesus and Samson, Jesus and Aaron, and Jesus as Elisha. This would have been very disturbing, probably, for the people in the synagogue because this is not the admission of a religious person. This is the admission of a demon spirit. So you have now another supernatural attestation of who Christ is as a witness. Awe and fear would have come over those people because not only of what, the, uh, what was said, but who had said it. It was supernatural. It came, it came by a demon. Now, this would have been even further interesting because the demon is basically telling everyone around that Jesus had come to defeat him. He's admitting that Christ is the one who is going to deliver the people of God. Christ is the one who is going to destroy the works of the enemy. He's the one who had come to protect God's people. He's the one that had come to take back the authority that the enemy had usurped from God's covenant people. He's going to rescue God's people. And more than that, he's going to enact the blessings of God just like Elisha did in Jesus did all that, and he did more. He's the greatest of all prophets. He multiplied the fish and the loaves. Jesus healed the, line, the blind, the lepers, uh, the sick. He calmed the storms. Everything Jesus did attested to this fact, and it was all done after this demon attested to it. So you see Mark getting ready, getting the way he's laying out his story. He's setting up the book of Mark to show that even the demons recognize that Jesus has come as the Holy One of God, the Messiah, to rescue God's people. And he did this because this book here is used to prove that Jesus is the Son of God. And we see it, as the story goes on, we see this for the attestations to it. So it serves to us as a witness that he is the Son of God. And so we need to understand that in our lives. The application is very simple. We have to understand that Jesus in our life is more than just a buddy. I know there's an old thing uh, where... Uh, and I'm talking about it, this is my book that's coming out, I mentioned this, is that there's the old, uh, Jesus is my homeboy. Well, that's good, but let's go a little bit deeper than Jesus is our homeboy, okay? How about Jesus is the one who delivered me from the power of Satan? Jesus is the one that delivered me from the power of sin. Jesus is the one and the source of all the blessings that I have in my life. Jesus is the one who has destroyed God's enemies. Jesus is the one who has given to me authority in God and has restored me to a, a seated position in the family of God. That's who he is in my life. He's the one that protects me from the power of the enemy. So we need to recognize properly the place that 
that Jesus has in our life and so that we can walk we can walk in fear of that. So I want you to recognize today, if someone asks you, who is Jesus? A good response would be the Holy One of God. Explain to them just exactly who he is. Hoagios to the Holy One of God in the genitive case because he is a wonderful, all-powerful God. So today, remember, he's the Holy One of God in your life. Praise the Lord. Make sure that you bind that to your heart and honor him in your praise, that he is the deliverer, he is the, the source of blessings, and he is the one that God has empowered to bring to us eternal life. He's God. Okay, God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Remember, the Holy One of God is with you, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support us further, you may visit us on the web at lightoftoday.org. God bless and good studying.